You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Security clearance level 3 or above is required to access files. Command codes verified. Welcome back to GGR Pirate Radio. I don't know. For you, Steve, football sucks because your team's horrible. Uh, for us, football sucks because our team is horrible. They're like, a huge favorite this weekend, though. Who are they playing? Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami? Yeah, hey. they're Miami. They're like a 17-point like a 17 <laughs> 17 uh, spread right there. there you go. Yeah, we're coming Oops. off of bye as well. So, I mean, we had two yeah. weeks to prepare for the league's worst team. So, if we lose... It would probably be the ultimate shame. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, ah, this season's been kind of stupid and terrible. Um, but I don't know how much of it. Like, I don't know what to do with a terrible Steelers team because everyone in town is still like, well, you know, it's just because Ben's hurt, and we're like, is it really though? <laughs> well, yeah, how, how do yeah. actually? Well, we do kind of have an interesting tie-in between. Uh, both teams, both the Skins and the uh, and the Steelers, which is you guys that. <laughs> well, Tomlin has been rumored for the the Skins job, and I, I don't know how much you know how much validity there really is to think, to that story. I think the only but, reason he's rumored for the job is because Dan Snyder keeps telling people that he is. Like I don't think, but, that, because... but, but I do think it's an interesting. It's an, it's interesting though because I I we like down here we don't actually know how Steelers fans feel about Tomlin. Yeah. That's a good Especially, you know, at at, the, at this point, and at, at this point in his in his tenure there. So, like, I'd be really curious to hear what Steve has to say. Just kind of like how Steelers fans are feeling about Tomlin, like now. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are, there are a bunch of injuries that have derailed this season, this season in particular. But, you know, like, is anyone like rooting for him to, you know, like be replaced or anything? Like, what's 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 the feeling like up there? It's it, it's actually kind of funny this season because the last probably two or three seasons it's fair to say that the Steelers had legitimate chances and legitimate aspirations for a deep playoff run which did not come to fruition um, and and no one moment was more encapsulating of that than Tomlin's onside kick call against the the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs in 17 uh, and we did not recover it and did not win that game. Uh, even though it was in Heinz field and it was just a, it was, was that, the, stupid... was that the playoff game or was that the, uh, the blowout? That, that was the playoff game where okay. we lost, um, to, to Jacksonville who, you know, they, and then Jackson went on to play new England and we're like a couple minutes away from beating new England as well. Um, and then the Patriots went on to lose to the Eagles that year. That was, that was that year. And, and that was the height of people in town kind of being like, so, like, are we done with Tomlin then, or, or what's going on here? But this year, when we are legitimately terrible from a record standpoint, nobody that I talk to, like, no one in my circles, no one I listen to, is really saying, like, oh, Tomlin's, we want his head. Because there's actual reasons to be bad now. So all the other, all the other years, it's kind of like, dude, there's no excuse for. It. I mean, we we that was when we had the killer bees r- humming. You know, we, we were, Ben was putting up like career and record numbers, 
we we were scoring like crazy. The defense was doing enough, and there was no reason to lose games when we lost games because Tomlin sometimes makes extremely aggressive and ill-timed calls. Uh, for and, and I remember distinctly after losing that game, we were all having conversations like, "Okay, well, like to be like, what does it actually mean to be a good coach? Is it just you always make the right strategic calls? Is it about getting the most out of your guys? Is it identifying talent where other people don't?" And we would have like debates about how much of these different you know columns does Tomlin have, or where is he lacking? And and now no one's talking about him at all. And it's very interesting that you guys bring up like, well, what's up with Tomlin? Because I was like, yeah, what is up with Tomlin? Because <laughs> um, it's just, I mean, when you're on, I mean, we played a game with our third string quarterback for crying out loud. I mean, we're, we're, we're losing running backs left and right. Juju's been gimpy all year. The only thing that's keeping us in games is this surprisingly good defense that we have this year. They're very young, but they're playing kind of above their experience level. Uh, we, I mean, we got a couple experienced guys, but I mean, we, we are just getting after teams, hitting quarterbacks, getting turnovers. And that's kind of the Steelers game of old. It's gone back to a ground and pound and going back to a form of football that Pittsburgh fans are comfortable with. Then the, the losing can kind of be excused away with, you know, well, we're, you know, we're on our second and third string quarterback. What do you want to do? Um, as far as the Washington aspect of it, of, you know, would, would I want to see Tallinn go? And if so, to, to Washington. Um, I like Tomlin, so I really hope that he doesn't end up in Washington Agreed. based on based <laughs> yeah, on the, <laughs> yeah, just the stories that you guys have told. I was telling Mandy, too, like we were watching a little bit of the, the Thursday night game last night, and I was like, man, you should hear Mike and MC talk about this team because, you know, we just see it up here. They're on our TV twice a year or something if they have a, a primetime game or whatever. But these dudes down there are just saying, like, it is a real crap show, and it's from the top down. Um, and, and Mandy asked, like, well, what do people think about the Roonies? And I said, honey, in the NFL, the Roonies are looked at as the example of the right way to run a yeah. franchise. Yep. So we are, we, are, we are very lucky in that aspect. And when you actually look back, um, Chuck Knowles started his coaching uh, with the Steelers in 19, I believe, 69. So we've had three coaches in uh, 50 years. Uh, I mean, that's that's the kind of stability that comes from top down. Um, to put that in context, for, for some people who might not know who listen to more of the, the geeky side of our thing, the, the Cleveland Browns, who are a rival of the Steelers, their current quarterback, Baker Mayfield, has had four different coaches, and he's only in his second season. Um, so there's, there's a stability there um, that – I, I don't know if any other team has. So it's weird for me to think, yeah, it's time for Tomlin to go. Um, it's rare also in the NFL when coaches get traded. Um, I don't know if that's an avenue that the Steelers would entertain as trading a coach. But we traded a bunch of picks and got some players this year, too. So it kind of seems like we're doing things that we don't normally do. So. It's a weird, uncharted territory for for fans uh, in the area, at least ones who you know have been watching the team for the last twenty years or so. It, I mean, do you guys need an offensive line help? Um, that's the one area we don't, and I know that you got a <laughs> a certain very talented player who's not playing for your team. Right yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's one of the few. I mean, our 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 O line's older, but there's and they did not play up to their potential early in the season. Um, 
but you know, preseason we we were considered to have one of the best like from a pro football focus kind of standpoint one of the best offensive line units and we've had a cohesive offensive line that has been the same five guys uh for for some time and offensive line is all about having the guy next to you moving in sync with you yeah. um and that's where we really had our strength and it kind of goes back to what i was saying like stability with our franchise and our organization we don't go and make a bunch of flashy free agent acquisitions we don't typically make a bunch of trades we just go draft our guys and say congratulations you're on the steelers and that's how we build our team and we just kind of keep the guys that we keep um so this year's again it's been really weird You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in and and patronizing. I I know that means that you are a customer, but it always sounds like you're making fun. Like, at when Don't if you go to win, me exactly right, like, but that literally means that you're a customer too. It's such a weird word that means two things that are vastly different. Anyways, thanks for coming to our website and reading our articles. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate it. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Check it out. Enjoy it. Love it. Like it. Share it. All that fun stuff. Guys, we're gonna keep this sports thing going because we've been doing it pretty much all month. So I figure we'll just keep going with this. As you've heard from our likes and dislikes here, we are big sports fans and even though i haven't really followed the sports team the football team specifically uh the washington's football team as much as i used to in this area you can't help but absorb it because everybody talks about it constantly so it's just something that you know it's just like you just absorb it through osmosis no matter what and both our teams both the washington team for myself and mc brooks and then the pittsburgh team for steve monick are not having the best of seasons. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a little fantasy GM. The owners of our respective favorite fo- football teams turn to us and they say, hey, you're the new GM. Fix my dumpster fire. And we've got to go out and fix it. So that's what we're going to do here for the uh, the second episode of tonight's uh, GGR Pirate Radio. Joining me, as previously mentioned, I've got the guy who helped find this website with me back in 2014. His name is Steve Monick. Hey, <laughs> what's up, guys? <laughs> I've also got um, our newest like podcast team member, but an equally important team member because he's got his own podcast of his own. It's called The Overflow. He's a talented musician as well. Uh, he's got tons of great takes when it comes to sports, when it comes to comic books, when it comes to movies, all of those geeky, nerdy things that you would expect from anybody involved in GGR um, on Pirate Radio, whether it's on the website on Great Geek Refuge. His name is MC Brooks. MVP, most valuable podcaster. There it is. I like that. That's good. I feel like if we ever do like a sports only podcast, that's what it needs to be. Oh yeah. GGR's MVP. But um so let's talk about this fantasy GM. Steve, I'll let you start because your team is less of a less of an embarrassment as ours is. Oh, I thought you, you were calling me in to fix Washington. <laughs> No, I mean, bring it in an outside council. <laughs> you could try. I could mean, try. that'd be, it'd be, I'd be interested to hear that too. I maybe we since should all, not, not as, yeah, yeah. Not, since it's not as familiar. 
Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Maybe we'll do both. I like this. All right. Yeah, so go Steve, ahead. your guys input on the on the Steelers as well. We'll start. We'll start with the teams that we're familiar with first, and then we'll go into because I I figure we'll all be GMs, you know. So we're just like conferring with each other. Steve, how do you fix the, the, the problems that the Steelers are having? Is this a trend? Is this something that we're going to see next year with them too, where this team needs an overhaul? Or is this just something where you just need a few pieces and this has just been some really bad luck and the really bad rash of injuries? Yeah, so I mean, the team right now, and this is this is a stage I think a lot of teams eventually find themselves in where 75% of the team, you know what you have. But you have to make a bet on the other 25%. And 20 of that 25% is our quarterback right now. Um, you know, ben, Ben's out until next season. And, you know, even after he heals from his surgery and everything like that, how much longer he has beyond next season is still somewhat up in the air. So the bet then becomes, do you think Mason Rudolph is the guy when you put the defense on the you know, the other half of the game there, the defense is singing, it's humming. Um, other than the Patriots game, which which we just, you know, it's something about New England uh, just gets us every time, regardless of the structure of the team at that time. Um, we, the, despite the record, when you actually go back and look at the games that were played, and, you know, I've watched every one, the Steelers have been in them. We were in the game with the Seahawks, and, and Rudolph was a big part of that. Um, Got to get a little better on the offense, but we were in that game with San Francisco. We fought, we turned them over five times. Uh, the idea that, uh, that you lost a game after turning over five times, but we gave one back, and that let them have that winning score. Um, you know, we're, we were right there. We went to overtime with Baltimore. Um, you know, so, I mean, you got... You got a chance to to take down the team that is in your division that is currently leading it and picking up one of those valuable in division games um, and losing it in overtime. You know that kind of and again that Mason Rudolph gets knocked out of that game. We got to bring in Devlin Duck Hodges, uh, you know third stringer from from the FCS D one level of of college. Now, granted, he had some records there and everything, so. It's not that this team stinks. It's just the record has not swung the right way. So again, back to it. If you got to fix it, you have to make the bet on whether Rudolph is the guy. Right now, I give him another year. I give him another year, and I kind of put actually Ben. He's probably not going to like this, but I I kind of would put him on the back burner and keep him as a backup right now because he's already under contract. Um, and kind of like a mentor role. Yeah, run with Mason, you know, and just and just give him the the reins. And that way, if he wins a couple games, but something happens, you still have a Hall of Fame quarterback ready to go. Um, but, I, you know, it's in it might not even be about winning that season, but it's about assessing what you have with Mason Rudolph, because I, I, I strongly believe that Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal talent. But I don't know how sustainable that model is for for Baltimore because of what we've seen with a number of quarterbacks with that skill set not able to stay healthy for the long term. And once those guys lose an edge because they've been banged up too much and you look at like Russell Wilson, he knows how to slide. He stays healthy. Lamar Jackson does not slide. He dives forward. You get hit. You get your ribs broken. You get a, a, a leg twisted up under a guy. 
and suddenly you're not as spry and mobile as you have been. So I don't know how sustainable that is. I don't think Baker is the answer at all. And the Bengals are a dumpster fire. So the AFC North is right there. I give Mason the, the, the leash next year to run with the team and see what you have. Then you got to make some moves thereafter. But right now it's not a, okay, sell, you know, fire, sell, everything must go. It's not, it's not one of those situations. It's, Maybe you bring in another wide receiver. Maybe you bring in another tight end, something like that to put around him. But then it's just a, okay, kid, you go, here's your interview, go win the job, or we're going to move on to somebody else. Huh. Huh. I, so yeah, it's not, it's not panic mode basically is what you're saying. Um, I don't don't think so. Um, one of the things that I need MC to do, you know, the, you know, the, um, the Kermit the Frog talking to dark Kermit the Frog meme. Mm-hmm. I need that, but I need it to be Lamar Jackson is the is the good Kermit, and RG three is the bad one. <laughs> where it's where it's like I should probably learn how to slide. It'll save my career. And RG three saying to him, "Nah, dog, dive head first. <laughs> like that's all <laughs> I can think of right now. Is like RG three, like Lamar Jackson being like, should I slide? And RG three is like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. Dive head first. You're it, it's it's cool. Nobody, nobody, nobody can tell you anything. You're a fast young black quarterback. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. It won't ruin your career. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say this as a Steelers fan, especially on this recorded line, but I don't <laughs> hate Lamar Jackson. I respect wow. I respect wow. the heck out of that dude. I, I don't I mean I, I like on on a you know responsibility as a Steelers fan, like I root against him vehemently in all in all <laughs> options and, and possibilities and oh, everything. Yeah. But but as a human being from just the reports that I've heard and everything, and it's really nice as an AFC North uh entity to be able to compare what Baker's doing and what Lamar is doing, because Lamar is just a hard worker. They've had a lot of people go, eh, shouldn't he just kind of be a wide out? And 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 he's kind of kicking ass. And then Baker, yeah. who's like, you know, first, you know, first pick and, you know, getting all the commercials. You see all the crap with him and everything like that. He's a hothead. He's a talker. He has, I think, like 25 picks in 19 games. Uh, his yep. team is his he is not leading an extremely talented team like I kind of respect Lamar. I don't want him to win. Let me be clear about that. I want him to lose every game he plays, but <laughs> I respect him. I do not respect Baker at all. Um, and I I do worry that, you know, if you, RG3, as, as far as you're joking, but seriously, like the way he plays, like he is extremely elusive and dynamic, but there are some very, very fast defenders out there, and they are looking for any legal reason to smash a quarterback's bones apart. And when you are running around like that and you're running for more yards than you are passing, it's not that it's not a way to win and to pick up first downs and everything, but you're putting yourself at risk more often than like a Baker or a Mason Rudolph or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's... I just like what is if there's any team that doesn't know how to draft leadership worse than than Washington, it might be Cleveland because they have a really bad track record with drafting quarterbacks and they just cannot seem to get they just they can't seem to get it right no matter what they try. And their coaching like they 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 have whiffed on on their coaching as well, too. And that's where I was blown away this year with Freddie Kitchens. Not only has he never been a head coach before, he's never been a coordinator before. 
that is, yeah. That's a DC move right there. That's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's making that's making Zorn your head coach because nobody else yeah. to take the job. Like, but, but like if you think about it too, just in recent NFL history, when has that ever worked for a franchise? Like, what recent six? Like, what recent example do we have of coordinator and quarterback have success? Make coordinator the head coach. Boom, more success. Like, I, I can't think of one because they did that in Tampa. He ended up getting fired. They they did it with um, I forget where I forget where Gates was, but actually I think it was the same thing. Miami, Gates, yeah, Gates in Miami, uh, also failed. Like we we don't have any examples of coordinate. You 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 link court. You make coordinator the head coach with guy, and it works. Yeah, it's it. That's I feel like the point. I feel like the next hot take is going to be like, hey, this guy won the Madden tournament. Uh, this year, so we're gonna make him right. our head coach, like. <laughs> and and I, I only and to be honest, I only mean that internally because yeah, I mean we do have examples of coordinators from other places coming and making quarterbacks look better. You can look at Jared. Uh, you can look at Goff, uh, one year with Jeff Fisher versus these last couple with Sean McVay. It's it's literal night and day. Kyle you know, Shanahan's Jim, got the 49ers humming. Yeah, I mean, granted, you, granted they run really, more, but yeah. But I mean, but it's 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 literally him everywhere he's been. Matt Ryan has not had a better year than that that year he had with Kyle Shanahan, where he was where he was a uh, MVP. Yeah, you know, like you 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 can like outside of maybe uh, that year he spent in Cleveland with Brian Hoyer. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's pretty much done that everywhere he's gone. Yeah, it's that 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 would be that would be the first thing that if I was GM of Washington, I would fix is I, I would get a, an actual coach that knows something about football. Um, Jay Gruden, pretty decent offensive mind. Okay. But honestly, let, let, let's all call this what it actually was. He got hired because of his last name and we didn't even hire the good one. I actually disagree with that. Really? Okay. I, I do. I disagree with that because, the only reason anyone thinks Andy Dalton is anything resembling good yeah, is, because, is because of what Jay Gruden did those those three years that 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 uh, that Jay had him and had that Cincinnati offense looking looking good. I mean, granted, yeah, they they failed in the in the postseason, but they failed in the postseason even after Jay left. So. Yeah, and that's that's a Cincinnati <laughs> thing. There, there's yeah, something that's about a, that. It's in their <laughs> it's in their constitution or something. Yeah, they like, have I, to lose so, playoff so, games. Yeah, so I, I don't even think that that was necessarily it was necessarily that it was when you look at like I, like I remember the the film people I follow like really break down with like what what they were doing, uh, what Cincinnati was doing and and like Jay Gruden basically made Andy Dalton into kind of like the like close to what the 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 best we've seen of Kirk Cousins in terms of transforming him from someone who was strictly a one read quarterback someone who was a running who was a mobile quarterback in college i don't think a lot of people know that that andy dalton ran just as much as anyone else did you go look at his old tcu highlights he he ran every bit as uh just as much as he threw um but but i i think just like i like it, it it looks bad in retrospect because I think we're judging a lot of the the because of the lack of success Jay had. It's yeah. easy to say now, like oh yeah, he only got it because he's a Gruden. But I mean, there was good work that he did. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, not- I think we could. I think really we can credit a lot of his cousin's uh, success 
with him because if you looked at what Kurt did when he was yeah. when he, when Shanahan was here, because remember they benched RG three for the second half of the year and they let uh, Cousins start yeah, every those, one those last those last three games. He, he, yeah. he threw no touchdowns and I think six picks. Yeah, Cousins in was those three awful. games. He was horrible, and like. Yeah. That's that's on that's on the Shanahan's that that's not. And then Jay gets here and he becomes a passable quarterback, like a, a good quarterback enough so much that like we probably should have offered him more money and we didn't. And whether it was because Kirk didn't want to be here or whatever it was, that that's that's beside the point. But let's let's do this. Um, let's get into like what we would do. If we were the GMs for for Washington, um, I mean, my, my biggest thing is like, I'm, I'm rebuilding this team, like from the ground up. I mean, like I'm literally going to, if you're an older player and you have any value, I'm going to let you, let you test the free agency market. I'm going to let you test the trade market, like every, anything that you can do, because we need a whole new mindset here. It's not just the players because it's not, there's plenty of talented players here, but the message is lost on them. Like they're they're they they have no identity because what think think about this Pittsburgh what is Pittsburgh known for defense and the ground and pound that's like the old school now granted for a while there they were really running and gunning when um, Haley was the offensive coordinator because that was his style of offense where it was like you know spread them out like the new style NFL but like there still was that Steelers identity what is Washington's identity. Even when they were good, think back to when they were good. What is their identity as a football team? What is their identity as a football city? Like there really isn't one. And that yeah, that's, there, there hasn't that, been one since there hasn't been one in about eleven years. Well, probably longer since Gibbs. Honestly, yeah. that that's been missing. And 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 whenever they bring somebody else in for a new style or a new change or whatever it is, they none of them bring an identity with them. And it's the same thing with the defense because they were because I don't even know why they decided to go to the three four because it's never really worked well for them. Like they're they're unwilling to change, and like that would be something that I would like if I again, let's just say that you get hired as GM, and the owner pretty much gives you a, a free pass. Snyder has been like, just get it done, dude. I don't care what you do, just fix my fix my dumpster fire. Like that's the first thing I'm doing is I'm bringing in a competent defensive coordinator that's going to be like a Dick LeBeau style. That's going to be like a Monty Kiffin style. That's going to have different schemes. So three, they, four. No, no, I'm just saying like not in their, <laughs> in their scheme. But what I'm saying is, is like stylistically wise where yeah. they come up with new innovative things. Think about LeBeau. LeBeau's thing was like, I will always get pressure on the quarterback period. And it pretty much happened all the time. Same thing yeah. with Kiffin. Kiffin ran the he Tampa invented too. the zone blitz, if I remember correctly, because I, yeah. I read a book. I, I believe he invented the he invented the zone blitz. Yeah, that that's what I would want. I would want innovative def- defensive coordinators, defensive minds that are going to do things that are different than the norm, instead of doing the traditional stuff because the traditional stuff ain't working. And it's the same thing with offense too. Like it would, I would want somebody who's going to break the mold, not follow the same thing. Like right now, what's the trend in the NFL? Everybody passes. What if we build a team that doesn't do that? Like it, it, what if you have a team that runs first and then passes the, you know, the pass sets up the run or the run sets up the pass, however you need to do it, but you have a, a power running game, which just doesn't seem to happen. Bill Callahan kind of sort of wants to do that, but unfortunately he doesn't have the horses to do it. 
So I would want to build this thing. I would want to have a plan in place from day one where it's like, this is the team that we're going to be. And then we're going to build them through the draft. And I'm not getting cheap players in the draft that have been injured before because they're never going to make the field then. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, Bryce Love, the running back, they just took that just had another surgical procedure. So he's probably not like he's not probably an afterthought for this entire season. Yeah, right. You know, like what a what a great draft pick that was like. I would I'm, I'm assuming that Bruce Bruce Allen is fired because otherwise he's going to be in my well, I mean, you, you make the choice. You're you're in charge. Yeah. If no, Snyder's get telling get you, yeah, if yeah. Snyder's if you're if you're Snyder's giving you control and is like, hey, fix my fix my squad, whatever it takes, then that's your call. I'm, I'm, I'm kicking buddy. Yeah, I'm 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 kicking <laughs> I'm kicking Bruce out. I'm like, Bruce has got to go, Dan. I'm sorry. Like you, you can hang out with him all you want. You know, if you want to make him a vice president of of drinking buddy you know, or new stadium coordinator or whatever the hell you want to do. I don't give a shit. Just get him out of my office, get him out of my, out of my facility because he's ruining this team. Like I would, I would build, I would try to go like the old route that what Washington used to do is when Gibbs was running things, they build, they built depth. That's why they won so many games in the eighties and nineties was because they were deep because if Ernest Biner got hurt, you had Gerald Riggs as a backup. You had Ricky Irvin as a backup. You had Brian Mitchell, Brian Mitchell in his rookie season had 115 yard rushing performance against the Cleveland Browns out of nowhere. People were like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like that, that's what you need. You need guys who are going to be spot performers that you're going to be able to get something out of. And like maybe the NFL's not like it was back in the 80s and the 90s. Like it, it definitely isn't. But like those are the guys that I need. I need to find guys that one are going to be able to contribute when they make it to the field, but two are not going to be injured all the damn time. And like people sit there and they look at the the Washington football like debacle and they're always like, oh well, you guys are always injured. You guys have the worst luck. But that's always an outsider's perspective because anybody that's inside the DC area can tell you it has absolutely nothing to do with luck. It has everything to do with we draft habitually injured players because they're cheaper to get and they fall in the draft. And we can get these guys who were big names, but didn't really amount to much. And it's messed up, but it's truth. Yeah. And, and just to piggyback on that too, it's also the training staff and the medical staff who have, who have been called out, as far back as I can remember since at least 2009, 2010, it could, because it's, it's the same guys, it's the same guys who are here. And, and there, there, there's so many, we have so many examples of former players, uh, former players calling out the staff, you know, Rob Henson, you know, uh, talking about how the staff wanted to make him play after he had just had like a surgery done on like his arm or something like that. And, and they were like, increasing his workload which was which was you know uh, you know obviously affecting his uh his his performance you have Leron Landry now granted not the best example because he was obviously juicing but you have Leron Landry who uh once once he left the skin sp- spoke about how they they misdiagnosed the pec injury that he had you have Brian Arakpo who seemingly missed 10 games every year that he was in Washington then go to Tennessee and suddenly not miss a game for four years yeah. Like what about what about Carlos Rogers? Remember him? Car yeah, oh, Car- Carlos Rogers, another another guy. Can't uh, he also got hurt here, but also couldn't catch. Leaves goes to San Francisco, has like seven interceptions the next year. Yeah, you want to you know, know what it was? Is um they gave him contact lenses to wear. 
Oh, that's right. I did read that. Because You're right. because the, You're the right. Washington, uh, the, the, again, the medical staff couldn't figure out that he couldn't fucking see was the reason why, you know, like, what kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> right. Like, right. How, oh, my God. And, how and, inept and, do you have to be? And, 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 and like, you hear all of this, too. And see, I, br- I brought this up on another friend's podcast last year. Like, it, it makes yeah. me wonder just about how many play- how many other players that have been here mm-hmm. who fans have turned against because of seemingly always being injured and, and how they had their perhaps had their careers derailed because of that. Like, Think about what 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 RG 3s career could have been if perhaps if perhaps the staff at the time makes an executive decision that doesn't allow him to go back in, or or maybe they properly diagnose that uh, what was it the uh, ACL MCL and yeah. uh, that from from the Baltimore game. Like yeah. if you have a different staff in there making different decisions about how to handle uh, his recovery and 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 from uh, from his injuries. You know, perhaps he doesn't play the rest of the year and he comes back fully 100 percent. No brace for 2013. You know, you can you can look at uh, Rogers. You can look at Rackpo. I'm trying to think of some some other guys who were here and injured. You can look at Djax, the the the, the um, that oh, one the season where he yeah. yeah, yeah, where he he was he, he, he was seemingly injured uh, a lot. Um, I, um, but yeah, like they, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that, like that, that's. That would be something from day one that I would fix. I would bring in an entire new medical staff. Like that's one of the things that like they talked about this um, with the nationals and not this year, but this is in years past, right? Like why were the nationals so successful? Because they have an outside of the box medical staff that does things that other teams aren't doing. So for instance, like all of their players, they had these like cutting edge, like state of the art um, contact lenses that they had for the players that were basically like you could wear sunglasses in the outfield without wearing sunglasses. And it was like the craziest thing ever. Like there was like a tint to them so that they could see better. And I was like, that's insane. So it was like, why are these players hitting better? Why are they fielding better? Like, and that was the reason I, I would want guys like that. I want guys that are thinking differently than everybody else because the NFL is just such a copycat league. And I feel yep. like, you know how like every now and then with college football, you'll have like this juggernaut, right? Like you'll have like a big name, you know, like a big name school going up against, we'll use Michigan and Appalachian State. And Appalachian State shocks them <laughs> because they do game. something outside of the box. That's what I would want from my NFL team those first few years is like, yeah, we're building something. But what we're going to do is, is we're going to do stuff that you've never seen before. Kind of like Chip Kelly before, you know, he became racist. Um, where, he was like, you're, terrible anyway. He was a one trick pony. And I know one, once they yeah. learned that trick, he was he was yeah. done. He was toast. And he got rid of all of his black players, too. So that didn't really work out so well for I mean, him. Just just yeah. look at how UCLA is performing this year. And it kind of goes, oh, yeah, no, he. Yeah, that makes never, sense. Never yeah. mind. Sorry, Chip. Everybody's on to you. Um, but that I mean, that's what I would want. Like MC, like if right. you're if you're GM, if you're GM uh, of of this dumpster fire that plays in Landover, what are you doing to fix it? So it's interesting because I uh, I actually recorded a podcast on this a few days ago, but I wasn't happy really? with how it came. Yeah, I wasn't happy with how it came out, so I I was going to end up redoing it. But hey, I can just do it here. This will save me an episode. So you literally can cut <laughs> this part and then just put it out as the overflow, like just this one yeah, ba- spot. Yeah, ba- basically, basically. Um, but uh, the first thing I would do is actually the the thing that the team already did, which was got rid of Jay Gruden. Now I. I'm I'm a I'm a bit higher on Jay than I think than a, than a lot of people are, 
Um, mostly because I, I do think a, a, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that happened here was not necessarily his fault, because I do think a lot of it uh, is because of the front office and the structure. You know, like Jay Jay gets got was scapegoated for a lot of stuff, but when you look at who's in charge and who's running the show, it makes you go, well, what coach would have been able to do something different given, you know, who they're under. And what they're doing in in being in in being over top of the coach, uh, so I'm a bit higher on Jay. I, I do think he got somewhat of a raw deal, although firing him was ultimately the right move because you know five and a half years in, obviously wasn't getting through because a lot of the same issues still existed. So um, I absolutely would, absolutely uh, would have gotten rid of Jay. Um, let's say season's over. I'm getting I'm getting rid of uh, Bruce Allen. I'm saying thank you for your thank you for your service, but you got to go. <laughs> so he so he he's gone. Bruce is out. I make Kyle Smith, who has basically been kind of running the draft in recent years, these last couple of years. I make him the official GM because ultimately he's going to get hired somewhere to become the GM, and he he has done a really good job of being patient the last couple of years. But you can kind of tell that like he wants the GM job. So make Kyle Smith the GM. Just just give him the title so that he can he can do everything that he needs to do. He can he can properly put the staff together that he wants to that he wants to have and so on and so forth. Um, I let Doug Williams kind of stay on as a college scout, um, be, or as a college and pro scout because I I think he's done a good job with some of the guys that he brought in. Um, he he was in charge of he was the reason that they went out and signed Adrian Peterson. Um, he was the reason they went out and signed Adrian Peterson. So I'm I'm totally okay. I'm totally okay with that. Um, and then I also make uh, Eric Schaefer, uh, uh, the guy who's just in charge of contracts because he he's the reason that in recent years that you've seen you know them get these really team friendly deals or get these deals where you know, on the surface, it seems expensive, but when you look at the money, it's like, oh, this actually works with the team. A lot of that is Eric Schaefer and and the work that, that he's done behind the scenes. So, for me, I, I would I would I would keep him on in in that role. Let him let him do that, and then I would from jump establish clear chain of command. You know, because I think that's part of the reason that you've seen the uh the that you've seen the screw-ups that you've seen there's yeah. no chain of command in washington like yes bruce allen is is the de facto gm bruce allen's the de facto gm but then you also have this guy who is in charge of uh you also have this guy who's in charge of uh you know of college and this guy's in charge of pro and and uh uh, Bruce is not a player guy. Like he's not someone who evaluates talent. So I, I don't want him in charge of 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 my drafts. I mean, yeah. Anyone, I feel I feel like any casual person, if you if you tell them, hey, draft the good guys from the best college, like they've done with Alabama. Yeah, anyone can do that. Like yeah. I, I need you to actually do some work. Find find really good players that have really good bills of health who you can trust. Well, look at like we'll we'll use Pittsburgh as an example. Now he's yeah. let's go back two years, okay? Not recent because recent is horrible. But let's go back two years here, okay? Antonio Brown, 
Antonio Brown went to, was it Central Michigan, Steve? Is that right? Well, he didn't start there, but yes, he, he was drafted out of Central Michigan. Yeah, where, where did he start? Uh, I believe it was Florida. Anyway, he got kicked out of the school for stealing yeah. laptops. Oh, yeah. so it's almost like a Randy Moss situation. Yeah, and then he uh, he knew it was either the athletic director or someone on the team. Um, and they at Central Michigan, and they brought him in. Um, and that's where he got drafted out of. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't. See that I I didn't know his whole story. Like I just I knew I knew it was like Central Michigan, and I was like, okay, so that's somebody that was kind of off everybody's radar because it's not like Central Michigan is like the bastion of like producing great football players. So that sort of thing. But I mean, like it's that that's what I need. I I need yeah. people who are going to find me players that it's not because like I feel like it's like. Now, we're just a bunch of dicks who are doing podcasts and we're talking about being GMs. And even we know, hey, you shouldn't just draft everybody from big name schools, you know, like, yeah. but I feel like that's the strategy. It's like, well, Alabama's good at, at the football. Let's draft a bunch of yeah, Alabama just, people. Get, like, get them. It's just it's it seems so stupid. It's a lazy strategy. And that, that's yeah. that's like my issue. Like, like in looking at this, the, the their drafts last couple of years, like, yeah, they've they've drafted they've. For the most part, they've they've drafted well, but like I don't give them credit for the first round picks because yeah, draft draft a really good player from Alabama. Okay, well yeah, I feel like thirty one other GMs aside from you would obviously make that move because it's a it's a no brainer if they have a need at that position. Duh. And you're right, the big name <laughs> school isn't always the way to go. So I mean, like right now, like in the NFL this minute. First off, do you guys know what college Gardner Minshew went to? Uh, I do because we were joking about it via text, and that would be uh, it was Samford. It was Washington State. Oh wait, no, I was thinking of your other guy, your Duck guy. Yeah, yeah, Devlin Duck Hodges. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, the the guy that's playing for Jacksonville right now. Yeah, was taken in the sixth round from Washington State. Washington State today, today on 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 your team on Washington's team. Wouldn't you rather have him than Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State? Yeah. As your quarterback. Honestly, Mm -hmm. yeah, because you wouldn't have had to give up a first-round draft pick for him. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, Haskins may end up being the better quarterback in the end because right now he just – he doesn't have – who's teaching him? Who's teaching him? Yeah. Yeah. That's really really the the issue because if you you think about it with Haskins, there are only – 14 like between when he made when he made his preseason debut there's only 14 games separating high school and NFL they like that that's that's that like he's relatively young as far as his as far as his football playing career is is, is concerned so um yeah i think like who he has teaching him is is ultimately going to going to make the difference and like I, I do think that the inexperience is like part of the reason there were all those rumors about about like Jay and the others like not wanting him. Not that he wasn't talented. It was well, if you if like you can almost look at it in the same way as Mike is. Uh, I was going to say Mike Shinoda, Mike Shana, Mike Shanahan, <laughs> Mike Shanahan. That's the, that's the guy I want as head coach, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm Mike Shinoda, uh, Mike Shinoda. Uh, but if with Mike Shanahan and and RG three, which was part of the reason that whole thing. Uh, fell apart is because you had you had 
uh, two guys who had two very different uh, needs. Mike Shanahan needed to win games. You're in year three of your, you're in year three of your uh, of your tenure of your tenure in Washington. You need to start winning some games because otherwise you're you're going to be out of there. And, but but with Robert coming in, like Robert was super talented in college, but he, he there was ooh, whoops, almost dropped my mic. Um, but he, you know, there was obviously work that needed to be done uh, as far as as far as an NFL offense was concerned, and so. What Mike and Kyle ended up doing was they did the thing that would help them win games, but didn't necessarily help uh, Robert continue to to make the pro- to make the progressions that you wanted him to make as a professional player. Real quick, though, I want to add in on this real quick because this is a really sure. good point. But the other problem with 2012 is they were hamstrung by that cap penalty thing that they had. And guess whose fault that was? That was Bruce Allen's. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Which, yeah. which, 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 again, that, and that's also a, a great point, a great point right there. So you're, you're hamstrung with your talent. And so you're forced to do something that's not going to help develop your, the guy, but it's going to help you win games. And then unfortunately, what also ends up happening is guy gets hurt. So the next year when you have to try to do the thing you should have been doing the first year, now he doesn't look the best at it. And now everyone thinks that he sucks. Because he's he's taking the lumps that he should have made his first season, but because you ran the, you did what you did the first season because you needed to win games, now it looks bad. And so with with Haskins, like I, I said before this season, he shouldn't even like he shouldn't even play this season. Like it, there's 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 no point because Jay might not be here, so there'd be no point in 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 really getting him ingratiated into an offense that won't be relevant in a year. And Trent Williams is out, so your your best lineman is not going to be there to protect him from from getting killed. And lo and behold, Case Keenum gotten killed, yeah. been hurt, <laughs> been hurt a couple different times uh, this season. And Colt McCoy got killed when he did when he played behind there. So, like for me, had there was there's no point in playing Haskins at all this year. I think he'll be fine, but. Who who they hire next is going to be extremely pivotal for his development yeah. because I do think that I agree he's going to be good and that that's why that's why he was drafted at fifteen because yeah. he he has the upside to be really damn good and he would have been really good in Jay's system had you know had he had a bit more um, experience. Um, and, and and hadn't looked really lost when when he has has been out there playing, um, but I wouldn't like who's teaching him is gonna is gonna it, like it matters you know yeah and so ha- like as far as I'm concerned Haskins shouldn't even see, like there's no point in playing him the rest of the season unless you literally just want to get him used to being out there. So so who do you go get like who's who's the guy that who's the quarterback that you want on that team whether he's playing and Haskins is kind of watching and learning or Haskins I'm, is the one that's the starter. And, and this guy is, you know, running him through his paces during practices. Uh, well, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm okay with Keenum getting killed out there because it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, his career is basically over anyway. Like I don't, it doesn't matter to me, you know, if he, if he gets killed, then he, you know, whatever, that's whatever, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really care. Um, so like I'm I'm totally cool with that. I'm cool with Colt being there. Like I I, I just 
I don't think Dwayne needs to play this year unless, like, un, un, unless you're just like again, unless you you just want to get him used to being out there. Because yeah, I there's no it doesn't really benefit anybody. Like most of the staff is probably not going to be here next year. Um, like the, I I just I there's no real there's no real benefit. So like like if if I go back to the the GM question, um, as far as who I would hire, you know, cl- clear chain of command here. Um, I bring in a handful of people. Um, I I look very strongly at Eric Bieniemy, out of uh, I, I, he's the can he's Kansas City's offensive coordinator. Yeah, because it it makes it I feel like it, it makes it makes sense. Like they have to go get an offensive court like an offensive coach, because it doesn't benefit anyone to. You can't go get a defensive coach, partially because you get a defensive coach. Let's say you keep Kevin O'Connell. Well, if Kevin O'Connell's good next year, guess what? He's leaving. And then now you have to bring in someone else to be your offensive coordinator. And then you're going to end up having a lot of turnover for Dwayne. You don't really want that. So I'm I'm good with having an offensive coach come in. I look at Eric Bieniemy come in. You know, he's he he's been really successful, uh, really successful uh, under Kansas City. He's learning from Andy Reid. So that speaks to what you were talking about, Mike, about having someone who's really forward thinking. Yeah, as far as the offense and, and getting really creative with with who they have and what they decide to do, so I, I look at him, um, get a young defensive person to come in and be your D coordinator. Like, if you want, if they like, if if they want to keep running the hybrid system where you you're you're technically three four, but you're in a four man front most of the time, cool with that too. Don't really care, but but. Like that has to be like most more importantly than anything. Got to get the front office structure right. You got to get an offensive coach to come in, and, and and they have to determine like right away. Do do you want Dwayne to be your guy? Because if you do want Dwayne to be your guy, then cool. Then that needs that that needs to be established. We can't have a Jay Gruden situation where it's the, at the press conference. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get can't wait to get in here with Robert and. You know, get going. This is going to be great. And then, you know, come training camp, and eh, maybe he might not start. So, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, I, to fit. I mean, this is not a one season thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a one season thing. No, it's a five year approach. Like easy. Like it's it's going to take a while. Yeah, I just it's not. It's not. I like your pick of Eric Bieniemy just because back in the day when uh, Sports Center was as popular as it was. Um, I always liked um, I always liked uh, Chris Berman's nickname for Eric, uh, Eric sleeping with B enemy. So <laughs> great nickname. Like can't that. go can't go wrong with that one. So I like that. Yeah. Steve. So uh, oh, just last thing too. Yeah. If go I ahead. don't go, if I don't go, Kyle Smith at GM, then I go, I go and get a guy who is familiar, and I think this is realistic. Go get a guy who is a familiar with Dan. Apparently he's on good terms with Dan. I go get a guy who has been here, has been here before in in a front office role. And I get a guy who has also played here when he was a player. And that is I go hire Lewis Riddick. I go I come get him in. Oh because I, 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 I so good. Yeah. I I I I feel if they do decide to go outside, I go bring that I bring that man in because again, it's realistic. 
he has a good relationship with Snyder. He's he's already been he's been in the front office here. He's been here as a player. So that's a that's an easy sell for the fan base. That hey, we we have a guy who incorporates everything that you want. He he has the football intelligence because because he he's been a GM before. He's been in the front office here, and he's a former player. So he he understands what the culture should be here, what good culture looks like. He he understands all of these things, yeah. and I let I, I let him be in charge of okay, who's the coach, you know, who's this and that, and lastly, lastly, the last thing, I make sure Dan does not meddle. Like let people do their jobs. Like if I hire this guy, if I hire this guy to be in charge of the roster, like it doesn't matter if Dan falls in love with player from wherever, doesn't matter. If GM does not want to draft person, then that guy doesn't get drafted. Exactly. And yeah, you know, if, if they don't want to sign this player, if they don't want want to re-sign this player, but Dan really, really wants them to, then that person does not come here. Because you have to let people do their jobs. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna let people do their jobs, then you're gonna keep running into the same issues. Jared, Jerry, let his son run things, and look at where Dallas is. Yeah, I mean, they just picked up uh, Bennett. I mean, they look like they're going to be looking good because nobody else in the East is any good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they they may they may. I mean, I I th- I do think Garrett should be fired there, <laughs> but uh, I, especially I, if they have an early exit from the playoffs. Yeah, yeah he's got to go. But, yeah, but this but you look at you look at how that team is built. You look at how they've drafted. A lot, a lot of people gave them crap for for trading that first for Amari Cooper. How does that pick look now? Yeah, that's really smart at this point. Yeah, yeah, you know, so um, that's, that's what needs to happen. Go ahead. Let's give us let's give us some some quick hits here because we sure. we, we should probably wrap things up here. Um, Steve, how are you fixing DC's football woes? So I mean, obviously, a lot of the personnel side of things has been taken, um, you know, by MC and and really thoughtfully put. Um, one thing that I think just from an outside perspective, now granted all the outside the the line stuff would be valuable as well, you know, getting fans excited and, and getting them um, you know reengaged and everything. But inside the lines, I think one of the biggest interesting culture moves you could make, and in this fantasy world, Dan Snyder is letting you do anything, change the name, right? I mean, oh, like yes. have 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 Straight like up. if if your if your goal is to establish a new culture and a new identity, and have a rallying point for for this new personnel. So, like the people are new, give them a new entity to wrap itself around. And and I get even part of it. Like, you know, again, outside of the line stuff would obviously benefit from it. Um, but the inside the line stuff, then you are the new fresh kind of talking point. The NFC East has a lot of very very historic franchises. Yeah, and I think that's another reason that. They, people don't talk about that's another reason I think why they don't want to change the name is like okay great so you're saying we're going to be with the Eagles the Cowboys and the Giants all of these franchises that are around since like 1811 or whenever the hell they were formed <laughs> uh, and, and we're going to be the team that that you know shifts first we're going to be the team that kind of gives up some of our history I don't think so and I think a little bit of that is the mentality, even though it's no one ever says that I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. But I think if you kind of steer into the skid and say, you know what, 
No, we are going to be the new team here. You guys keep your old funky history. We're going to be the new exciting team. And that's when you put in place like your Lewis Riddick, who's, you know, on the younger side when it comes to, um, you know, front office kind of people. And you put in a younger coaching staff and a more dynamic offense. And then it all I'm, I'm getting kind of visions of like the Vegas Knights and making the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. like it's something new and fresh and exciting. Yeah. And that's something that the, the, the Washington team has not had for some time. I got to say this, man, like I, I literally turned off that part of my brain when I was thinking of this. I was like, how do you fix football like that? I, I literally became a GM for a second because I've been singing that song of changing this name for for years and the fact that I didn't even bring it up, like, bravo, Steve, because like yeah. I, I didn't even think about that because like their football product is so bad. I didn't even think about that part. I was like, yeah, that's pretty bad, too. Yeah, no, that you're absolutely right. You are 110 percent correct. Like you do that. That changes everything. Like I'll give credit where it's due. Mike Wise, uh, former uh, Washington Post um, staff writer and now works for uh, WUSA uh, CBS's affiliate here in D.C., has said for years, you name the team the Washington Warriors and you give like 20% of your proceeds for all your merchandise sales to the Wounded Warrior Project. And all of a sudden, uh-huh. like you're you have a huge military contingent. All of a sudden, the yep. military loves you. And like and that's the thing is so many military uh, members are transient like they move everywhere because of the military you have a team that you can follow that supports you like that that's that's something that you can't buy like that's something that automatically gains you um a fan base yep and fun fact snyder already owns the trademark to the term warriors to the team name warriors he bought it he bought it back when he was thinking that they might bring an uh arena football league team here um and then they ended up did and then ted leonsis is the one that brought it here so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about it, you wouldn't even have to change the logo if you kept the one that has like the spear. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you yeah. keep that, you can keep, you could change the color scheme, but I kind of like it. You keep the yeah. color, like, you really don't have to change yeah. much. No. Um, but gosh, yeah. I mean, if you give, if you get that stadium rocking, um, you know, because everyone's excited about, like you said, there's this new, like, love of the, and embrace of the military, and, 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 you know, there's a new freshness to it. Man, there's certain places like when you go to their stadium, you don't want to be there. You want to get in, take your lumps and get out. Yeah. And Green Bay is like that. Yeah. Like Seattle's like that. Seattle. I mean, Pittsburgh. A yeah. little City. bit. A little bit. Yeah. Arrowhead. Exactly. So, I mean, if you make your place like that, where you have some kind of like military chant every time you get a first down or something, like people are like rocking and booming like that right now is not something you think of when you think of the the Washington fan base in the stadium you don't think like I don't want to go play there yeah yeah and, yeah and what's interesting too is uh in over the years there's uh, there there have been uh fan redesigns of of what of of what they could look like if they were to change the name to um the Washington Warriors in fact I'm gonna put it into Skype I'm trying to uh I'm gonna put in the Skype uh, in just a second here because there, there, there was one that was created uh, back in 2013. They went as far as they created logos, they created new helmet designs, uh, new T-shirt designs, uh, new, new, new uniforms. Like they, they went completely in 
on on what it could look like. And and I've been a huge huge fan of it because, like you said, they, like they really don't have to change a lot about this if they don't if they don't want to. You know what? Let me bring something up real quick, though. Do you know you know how like pretty much any every major league baseball team? It's on Memorial Day is when they do it. Every major league baseball team has a uh, a camouflage hat and jersey combo. Right. Like every every major league baseball team has this. Right. Like everybody's familiar with this. Oh, yeah. Do you know which team has a like it's set in stone as one of their alternate jerseys all season and is the most popular selling baseball jersey amongst active military active and retired military members it's the san diego padres because san diego has a huge military population and they literally have a camouflage jersey that is they 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 designed it knowing that they were going to have military members want to go out and buy this you do a camouflage football jersey that becomes your alternate third jersey they already have them yeah yeah, exactly. They, 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 are, they already have them. My my godbrother, my my godbrother who uh, is ex Navy owns a bunch owns a bunch of their um, their camouflage stuff. Yeah, you make that your new jersey. You make that well, not like your constant jersey all the time, but I mean, you make that one because that's going to automatically do the same that, thing that it does for the Padres. Or, or just part you, you can, of you can the replace jersey. their you, yeah you can replace their homecoming jerseys with that. Yeah, instead of, much, instead yeah. of doing. Instead of doing the homecoming jersey that they do uh, week eight every year, you can use that. Or I'm thinking like, you know how the old Jacksonville jerseys like down like the rib cage down the side used to have leopard print. You would have like a camo print or a camo print down like the leg or something like that. Like tie it in as part of the permanent jersey. Yeah. But make the camo like the the crimson, gold and white. You know, like here's here's the other thing, too, is like, again, if if. Because my big thing is is thinking outside the box with this team. Like, that's how you get success out of this, right? Is look at what, when you see uh, the Army-Navy game every year, about two to, th- about a month actually, about a month before the game starts, you start seeing the designs that they're going to be using for their jerseys for the games. And they are dope every single year. They are amazing. And they're so unique and they're just, they're cool. And like, you do that in the NFL. I know the NFL's got some really strict rules here, right? But like you just you push the envelope a little bit. Do something exciting. Do something that'll that'll reinvigorate this fan base and like People show went that nuts and, when they did it, that color rush thing, you know, yeah. 2 years ago or whatever. Yeah. People were going bonkers for that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, except for Washington's it, jerseys which were this weird mustard yellow. They were so friggin' ugly that Washington has never worn them on the field ever. Like Given the I, thought opportunity. They I thought they would have been fine if they had actually done it or if they had yeah. gone with like an all white. Yeah, because they've done an all burgundy. Which, which, which would be fine. But then there was a there was a game, I think, last year. Yeah, it may have been last year, the year before where they shut down. Uh, it was a Thursday night game where they shut down wearing just an all white, like a white jersey on white pants which as part of the color the, rush. They did during the Gibbs era. They wore that. Yeah. And it looked mm-hmm. good. It looked clean. Like that's, yeah, whatever. You know, like I just give up <laughs> on this team. Like yeah. I just, so I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I posted this stuff in the in the in the the chat right there. So you guys I like can, that DC mm-hmm. logo, man. Like the with one the where spear through it. Yeah, yeah. And like even the W with the with the feather, because like as much as they say that like oh well this the guy who was the inspiration for the logo, 
um, approved it and it's fine and yada, yada, yada. That's fine. But like you need to redo everything. You need to come up with a fresh look. And even with this design, like you can drop the feather, which is which is fine. But I really like the like the black jersey that they have. Yep. The black jersey with the with the burgundy and gold accents. Like I, I think that that would be cool as an as kind of like an alternate or something, you know? There, there's a lot of really I think obvious things you could do with like the DC that you have there, but then it's it's alliterative, you know, it's Washington Warriors, WW. Like there's a lot yep. of cool designs you could do with that. Yep. Um but yeah, I agree with you guys, like the color schemes and then throwing in some neutrals, like there's also something about the Steelers like their color rush was all black. And like when we have a home game, like we're wearing these black jerseys. Like I don't want to say it's intimidating because I don't think anyone's intimidated by <laughs> Actually, a jersey or anything like that. But like there's something like when you see, you know, like a JJ or a TJ Watt coming off the edge, right? And he's got this like thick black jersey coming on. He just looks like a freight train of murder coming for you. Like I, there's something about it. I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> that's interesting that you say that actually because. It it turns out that there's a stati- there's a statistic out there that teams who wear all black or black jerseys like it was a hockey stat, but I thought it was interesting. They tend to start more fights. They tend to have more penalty minutes. They tend to like have a like more notoriety for being more hard hitting. So huh. there is something to that. Like mm. that's I personally wouldn't do it for for Washington because they have no history of black in their uniforms. Um, that's just me, but also too, if I end up getting this team and we change the name, I'm changing the colors. I'm going red, white, and blue. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, a, oh, well, there, there's go. something to that too. Cause, cause there, there, there is some, I think there is something to that because you would then align them with all the other franchises, you yep. know, that like all, all the, all the other ones, all the other franchises are basically that even the wizards, um, who had went to that weird blue and gold <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ultimately went went back to their red, 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 white, and blue scheme. Yeah, it's the problem you'd run into is that's the same color scheme as the Giants. In your that's position. true. Yeah, and honestly, like that's the, one of my biggest gripes, and it's like a weird side note about sports is I hate that there's so many teams that share similar color schemes. Um, it's it's one of those things that like okay, like for instance, if you're comparing teams and you're saying, all right, so it's the Washington Nationals versus the um, St. Louis Cardinals. Well, what is the Nationals' major color? Red, right? Okay. Well, what about the Cardinals? Well, it's red. Okay. Well, let's have them match up against another team. Let's have it be uh, the National against the Red Sox. Well, what's their major colors? Well, red and blue. Well, that's the Red Sox colors, too. Like, I get that, like, every like there's 32 teams there's only so many color combinations you can do but like it just it gets old that these are the same colors over and over and over again like it's the same thing with football like football's a little bit better about that because there's very few teams that have the exact same color palettes except for the patriots and the texans and the giants um is there anybody else that's red white and blue in the nfl and even they have very even they have varying degrees of their, yeah. of their colors it's not like it's it's the same thing. It's not like it's something where you're looking at like Washington and the 49ers, you know, for having very similar, although different, but still very similar looking, you know, maroon or burgundy and, and gold yeah. colors. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. the Steelers and Saints are both technically black and gold, but they're not really both black and gold. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. 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 I just like I, I like 
when teams start getting creative with stuff like I'm I'm one of those people that like I love jerseys and like all the different like uniform combinations that teams do. That's why like some of my favorite teams are the when it comes to like the way they look are the ones that really stand out. Like I loved when the Charlotte Hornets came into the league because it was like teal and purple. I was like, nobody that's uses those damn colors. Yeah, that's still to this day one of my favorite like color schemes because of them. Oh yeah, and like the Jaguars when they came into the league, like that was a cool combination. Same thing oh, with Carolina. The- yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Carolina too. I, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's I like when when teams think outside the box with that sort of stuff. Like, and then. But it can also go go bad. Um, and the example we use for this is the Vancouver Grizzlies. So that was that was not good. I thought you you have a bad example. The, <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't like the Vancouver Grizzlies? Or you like those uniforms? They, they were amazing. <laughs> or like the Toronto Raptors ones where the, the purple and, and red. Purple they look and like red? Ma- yeah. When Vin like Mag- Sanity and, and like T-Mac Magneto. were on the same team. Oh, yeah. man. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, a honey I mean, dip dunk. Oh my god, I miss those <laughs> days of basketball, man. Let me tell you. Oh man. Well, guys, I think that like this was this was fun. This was an, an interesting conversation. I don't know. I mean, like, if, if you're gonna ask me the question, we'll kind of close it on on this. Like, if you're gonna ask me how do I fix Pittsburgh, like honestly, like I'm playing it patient because that's like the this team's MO is they're patient. They don't need jerk reaction, anything is let this season play out as it is. And let's let's see where the chips fall at the end, because who's going to be on this team next year is really going to depend on who who plays with some heart here towards the end. Like it might be a lost season, but like I want to see who's who's who are my guys. I want to see who who I can run with next season, where I need to replace, where I need to draft, where maybe I need to start trading. Maybe I need to start looking at free agency more than we do right now, because that's not typically a Pittsburgh thing and, and that sort of thing. And. And maybe I I don't want to put because I know I feel like Ben is almost like a uh, not saint, but like a lot of people just like automatically respect him and you're not allowed to trash him in Pittsburgh. I mean, I could be wrong with this, Steve. Correct me if I am wrong on this one. But like maybe with all of his issues that he's had in the past, maybe he's part of the problem. Uh, No, I mean, recently, I mean, in the last like, you know, six, seven years or so, like no one really in the area seems to care about that anymore. Yeah. Um, I I don't I mean, he's definitely kind of, you know, changed his tune. And I do think the Rooney's leadership and um, like role model for him, like kind of what a leader is supposed to be, has helped him kind of get over that immaturity where, you know, he was definitely on the precipice of. I could make some really dumb decisions and kind of Johnny Manziel my way out of the league here, or I could become a, a legitimate leader. Um, you know, X's and O's wise on the field. Yeah, that's that's a whole discussion, you know, that, that could be had. Uh, I, I, I do feel that he he kind of turned it around um, and became, you know, like kind of a family man and, and, and more of a leader in the community, so to speak. Um, as far as his leadership, though, in the locker room, I'm not sure that, especially last year with like Bell and AB, I'm not sure all that was handled super well because he would always go on like the radio talk shows here and then say some like little clip or, or sound bite. And you're like, dude, come on. Like we were just yeah. about done with this. And then you're like, hey, you guys need some kerosene real quick. And we just throw that right on top <laughs> yeah. of it. And, and uh, that that hurt us last year. I mean, what did we end up? 
10, five and one last year, I think was our record. And, you know, not making the playoffs with that record. It was either that or nine, six and one, but, um, you know, we were real close to making the playoffs and lost because of tiebreakers, but I'm thinking like, man, a little more leadership. And I, I think we're, we're in the dance there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think you're right though. Like it's time, it's time for the home, Ben. It's time for the home. Yeah. 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 Good. That, no, that was it. I was just agreeing. Like, yeah. uh, I just, I would, I would want to, I don't feel like you guys are losing fans. I don't think that happens in Pittsburgh unless you guys like had like 20 seasons in a row where you're horrible, which doesn't happen. No, no um, you're, yeah. and you're right. Like yeah. can just real quick back to the Washington yeah. thing where you're talking about like tying it almost, almost directly to the military and having your fans travel and be countrywide. Yeah. You know, I think every fan base recognizes that there's some of their fans everywhere, but like that kind of old saying of like, man, Steelers fans travel. They do. If you saw that, that chargers Monday night game, yeah. uh, that are, no Sunday night, um, that stadium was 75% Steelers fans. And if you could have the ubiquity of your fan base being everywhere and having a presence in every game they are uh, in, whether it's home or away, that changes things. You know, when you see terrible towels flying, even though you're in Dallas or in Seattle or wherever you are, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. And like it's it shows you how much it means, because think of like it was a few years ago. Gosh, it might have been like a decade ago now when the Titans beat the Steelers and Lendale White got his hands on a terrible towel. And it defiled it in some horrible fashion, right? And like that became this rallying cry for Pittsburgh after that, like that, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of fan base you want. And if, if I get the choice between two teams, like, you know, two teams are vying for my services and you're trying to figure out like who you want to be the GM for, I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh in that instance, because I know that I'm going to have a rabid fan base. Like at the same time though, too, if you've got to completely remake that entire organization, that might be kind of difficult because you're going to have a lot more scrutiny. I feel like what with Washington, you're a new GM. The team's a dumpster fire. You got to come in and fix everything. Like yep. any, you have to any have the freedom to do it yeah. too, which is, which is yeah. really the, that's really the, the thing there. Like, are you going to be able to actually make the changes you need to make? Like you think about them bringing Scott McLuhan in. It's a great move on the surface. You know, he, he helped build, 49ers helped build Seattle. He, he's been a consultant as far as the draft for all 32 teams. On the surface, looks great. And then you yeah. look at, well, he's, he, he's not allowed to bring his own guys in to, to run the draft. He has to, he has to inherit the guys who, have, who are already there. He, 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 does, he, he, te- he, in a sense, has c- control over football decisions, but not really because they can get voided by Bruce, who's not a football decision guy. So you kind of look at that situation and Scott was kind of neutered just because he's not actually able to, to do what he needed to do to make himself be successful. And while, you know, he did have a couple did bring in some good players. His drafts are also kind of looked at as failures. And I, I personally, I do think part of it is because he wasn't able to actually, do what he needed to do to have success. Didn't bring in his own staff, his own scouts, his own guys 
to do it. He had to kind of work with what he was given. Yeah, and it's to kind of go back with the trend that Washington likes to do, whether it be a player with injury history or a GM that has a history of substance abuse, they don't go after the the ones that are going to be an immediate help. They, they've got baggage almost immediately. And like, yeah, as much as McLuhan could have really helped this organization, he ended up like because of all the drama that came with him. It was almost like it was it was worse than it was before. But I, I don't even think it was just because of that. It was it was also the fact that you had a, a person, you had a guy like Bruce who reportedly got jealous because McLuhan was getting a lot of he got a lot of the credit for that for that eight game eight game run and playoff appearance that they had in 2015. You know he he got credit for a, a lot of the young talent that they had on that 2016 team too. Uh, you know being able to to bring in a Deshaun Jackson and all like. He he got credit for a lot for a lot of stuff that 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 you know uh, Bruce may have wanted credit for, and so I, I I think under like if if he had been able to go to literally any other franchise where they have a proper front office structure, then yeah, but because the structure is what it is here, and because there's like you know there's a lot of chaos, then. Like I, I don't think Scott honestly got a fair shake because the situ- because a good organization would have would have had a structure here that even with his history of issues would would have been able to fully support him. And I have a sto- I, I, I have something about that, but I, I want to say it off air because I don't want to be <laughs> reckless on a, on a on a on a recording. Yeah, I got as you. Far as, as far as Scott and, and his time here, <laughs> but I do I do think there I do think there's that's something to that. Just briefly, just to wrap up, uh, yeah. as far as the Steelers, uh, qu- quarterback competition for next year, you got to find out if Rudolph or perhaps Hodges can can be your guy. Um, I, I think I think Ben has had a lot of his own deficiencies kind of masked by having a lot of the talent. You know, whether it's AB, whether it's Bell, whether it's Juju. Um, had a lot of that, had a lot of that, uh, masked by, by a lot of the talent. Now you just have Juju there. And I think some of the stuff that probably would have been issues in years past kind of made, kind of, kind of made itself aware. So quarterback competition, um, with, with, with all three guys, figure out who's, who's there, uh, figure out if you need to go out and, and get someone otherwise, from there, I probably draft a running back. I like I like Connor. I, I like Connor. Uh, I, I I don't know if they should maybe go to a running back by committee role. Yeah, there. that's that's where we've been having success. Nothing against Connor, but he's getting nicked yeah. up. And when we bring in Jalen Samuels or Benny Snell, even like doing yeah. his jet sweeps or wildcat or bringing in some exotic formations, man, you're 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 dead on. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like Samuels a lot too. Did some work for me in fantasy two years ago. But anyway, um, <laughs> you, but, you said you bring know, a quarterback I, I, in though. It just randomly just popped in my head as soon as you suggested that. I wouldn't hate it if the Steelers went and picked up Teddy Bridgewater. Agree from the Saints. I, he's gonna get. He's I, honestly, I think he's going to Chicago next year because it just it makes yeah. A lot of, it just makes too much sense. Like unless this, unless Drew retired at the end of the year, just it just it just makes sense because they are just they are average quarterback production away from being a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, but yeah, I, 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 would, I would honestly, I would, I, 
But honestly, I would I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate that move either. Because I, granted, I, he's not the big arm guy like like Ben is or anything like that. But the way the the offense is structured, um, with with running backs that can catch you know out of the backfield and guys who are receivers, maybe yeah, running more slants and in, in, in inside stuff. I mean, I, I that kind of fits his game a little bit. I mean, if if this if there's one thing the Steelers have been good at drafting, especially the last couple years, it's been receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at guys who have been there, even though they've. Many of them have, have been, you know, traded or they've gone elsewhere in free agency. Like, you can look at AB, you can look at Martavis Bryant for a while, you can look at Emmanuel Sanders for a while, who's also really good there. You can look at Juju. Like, they, there's been a, a run of really good receivers, uh, really good receivers who have popped up in in Pittsburgh for a while, and even some of the some of the uh, some of the more uh, average guys um, whose names are escaping me right now. But they've they've been able to get get production out of guys who, when they went elsewhere, just weren't weren't very good. So, getting another receiver there, and and then maybe uh, then then letting Teddy do the work. Because I mean, if if he if he's doing that, if he's doing what he's doing in New Orleans with just Michael Thomas as the only real receiving threat he has there, just imagine he comes to Pittsburgh. He has Juju. He has uh, Vance McDonald at, at tight end. You can get another dynamic receiver to go to go be outside or inside. Um, we can see what uh, Deontay Johnson yeah, is after. Yeah, after I, was, this I, was try- I was I was just about to ask you what his name is because I have him. I actually have him stashed on my bench in one of my leagues too, which is um, but, where he belongs. He's not quite there yet, you know. And, yeah, but I mean, you can. I mean, you can you can see that, and then you know if you continue the running back, like all the pieces are there. If the defense can be as good as as it's been, then. And obviously, add some add some more pieces because I re- I really uh, getting Minka is obviously that was great move for for the for the defense there, and and just get continuing to add pieces and pass rushers and and whatnot. And I think they'll be fine. I I, I think I think they'll I think they'll be fine. You just tweak some stuff tweak some stuff on offense. Um, you know, if you don't get Teddy, then uh, again figuring out who the best option is there. Um. You know, move to a running back by committee, making sure that you get Samuels and Snell involved, another dynamic receiver, and you'll be good. So I know, Mike, I know you want to wrap up, but I, one last question and just a quick hitter to kind of sum it all up and, and, and have fun with it. Today, for this season, if you could have Washington trade before the – because the trade deadline's this Tuesday, either trade something away – and get you know a bunch of picks or trade for somebody that you could build around for next year. Like what's out there that you think would be a really interesting trade for your team? Trent's got to go. Whoever was willing to give the most for Trent, he goes there. So if New England's offering a first and a second, done. Bye. See you later, Trent. Have good luck in the Super Bowl, bud. Like, like I, we'll be I would, for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm getting rid of him. I'm getting whatever I can for him. I'm looking at, there's nobody on offense or on defense that anybody's going to want, I would think. But like, honestly, every single trade offer people are giving me for draft picks, I'm taking. And I'm letting the young guys, the backups, I'm letting them, I'm, I'm letting them show me something like what, what can you do? What can you do for this team? Because there's not the defense in that Minnesota game. One, you have a solid offensive line. You might win that game Two, You don't lose case Keenum 
I think I don't think that Haskins cost them the game, but he had the chance to win them the game and he didn't, if that makes sense. Yeah. And they get into the end zone instead of kicking three field goals. That's a different game completely. Like it's the team like to a point. Bruce Allen was actually correct. The team's close. But there's so many things wrong with it that that it doesn't matter how close they are. It doesn't matter how talented the players are that they have because the schemes are wrong. And because the the matchups that you have are wrong like everything is is executed poorly and it comes from the top down like i i think that with when you got rid of jay like he needed to go but he wasn't the problem if that makes sense nope nope the 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 name of the podcast that i that i kind of did on this very subject was it was like i was gonna i was gonna label it the symptom and the disease because yeah. Jay, Jay Gruden, a lot of people saw him as the disease, but he's not that. He was just a symptom. He's yeah. a symptom of, of something larger that is that is wrong. Well, think um, about it, too. Like, they wanted they wanted Deshaun Jackson back. Well, he wanted Deshaun Jackson back. He wanted and, Deshaun Jackson. And Bruce didn't, yeah. Bruce didn't, didn't get him back. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a, a laundry list of players like that that he, that Jay was like, let's get them back. And they're like, hey, no, no, no I don't think it's going to happen. And, like, it's it's just not good enough. And I would I would take every single trade offer that people are giving me seriously. What are you going to give me? I need I, I want draft picks for next year, and I need somebody that can play yep. now because we well, got to finish out the season. Like that that's what I'm looking for because I got to start building, and I'm going to start putting out that hashtag trust the process too because <laughs> like, let's tank let's tank to get who who's the, who's going to be the number one pick in the college uh, football this year Tua. in the NFL draft. Tua. Yeah, I don't even know if I want Tua. Like, it's Although, I don't need if it's the Bengals, what? you think they take Tua? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think so. I, to the bottom. <laughs> um, I, I think one, I think one guy they they should trade for if they if they do trade for anyone, just because I think he'll he'll be pivotal for them going forward to to next season and beyond, and because it'll it'll give you options at a position where you kind of haven't really thought about it in a couple of seasons, but I would reach out to Tampa about OJ Howard and, and, and bring him in at tight end and, and let Jordan Reed go into retirement or yeah, kind of whatever, whatever, whatever's next for him. Because I mean, it, it's really scary to think about, but he's up to, I think like 12 or 13 concussions since college. That's horrible. So it's horrible. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's. I mean, you got to get to a point like he's super talented. You know, he when he plays, you could argue he was he was the second best tight end behind Gronk. But you know, at some point, you have to you have to think about what's next for your team. Vernon Davis is old. He's he's like he, he you can't keep bringing him back and pretending that he's the future, especially because this season he hasn't really been effective when he's been out there. And Jeremy Sprinkle has kind of showed that he's really just a he's a he's a he's not a starter. He's good yeah. for special teams. He's good for for blocking. Maybe he can be a he can be a spot receiver. You know, if he's maybe your fifth option on a play. But you, I think, you know, seeing what Tampa would want for OJ Howard, and if it's if it's nothing too bad, then you know, throwing maybe a pick and a player for OJ. Uh, that way you have a you, know, you have a, young, a nice young tight end, you know who's only he's only this is only I think is his third season, 
So you you have you have a nice young tight end um, to come in who's dynamic. He's a receiving threat. He can block. He can do everything Jordan Reed did, and he's younger and doesn't have the injury history. So it's not it's not a move for this year. It's not nothing they do is going to salvage this year. You're one and seven. You know you're you're headed. You know like they're two and fourteen, three and thirteen is in your future. Um, so that's that's a that's a move. I think trading Trent makes sense. If 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 someone would trade for Jordan, that would that would make sense. Um, I don't think. Uh, I mean, honestly, if someone would take on Norman, I I don't even think Norman's been that bad. But uh, with with him, like the thing that made him special in Carolina was they had a pass rush, and he could just kind of do what he wanted to do. Washington doesn't have a pass rush, so he yeah. looks bad. So. I would trade Norman, try to get the younger DB some experience and and you know try to build some assets so that next offseason, you know, I've gotten I've gotten two of my biggest contracts off the books with Trent and Norman and you know you you can maybe stockpile a couple extra picks in those early rounds to 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 get the next person who's going to be your left tackle, get the next guy who's going to be your uh, your cornerback. It's the only thing that would work, really. I mean, you've you've got a stockpile because the team is such a mess. But yeah, like it's, yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. Like at this point, like it, trade anybody who who who, the, who who you can get rid of, and if you can bring in some young, talented players with some of those draft picks that you got from trading away your players, then yeah, then do it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like like Bruce was right when he said that they're close. He just wasn't right about where they are in proximity to. They're close to the bottom. Like that's which is that's that's where they are and considering how they've been run, it's where they deserve to be. So well, but you guys know, I mean, obviously in the NFL, that's not always the worst place you could be. The middle is the worst place you could be. Like being close to the top or being close to the bottom, at least you know where you are and at least you know, okay, this is the move I need to take. If you're in the middle, then it's like, well, great. We're good enough that I can't get rid of any of these people, but we're not so bad that I don't get anyone good enough in the draft or anything like that. Yeah, and, you're, and the, you're the Cowboys, where, basically. Yeah, but but that's also where they've been in the last couple of years because of how they fooled themselves into thinking that they're closer than they actually are. If they go into it knowing that they're bad and making those decisions to get better, that's a lot different than – Thinking that you're really a 500 team, but that you're actually worse than your record indicates. So they they like a lot of the stuff that they've done in recent years reeks of oh yeah we're we're really really close we're really really close like yeah your record was six and two last six and three last year but your offense was really struggling last year like that six and three could have very easily been three and six or worse. Hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I Hold think on, we. Mike, oh, you got more. Okay. I, well, my, I got my my for the Steelers like oh, last please, minute yeah. trade. It will let me say never happen, but so desperately would I love it to happen. Inside the division, I want the Steelers to go get AJ Green so freaking bad it's not even. Funny. Oh man, you yeah. put Juju on one side and AJ Green on the other, and just let Mason Rudolph's big arm just go get them the ball wherever they are. Man, it, it would be electric we would have to give up a king's ransom for him 
it will never happen. The Bengals will not trade us him. But, oh, man, if that ever happened, I'd lose my mind. I would go buy his jersey that day. <laughs> it would be interesting. That's for sure. I mean, is he a free agent anytime soon? I believe his contract is up at the end of this year and they suck big time. So no one, and he's been pretty open about saying like, no, I want to stay in since like he's saying all the right things. Um, But there's been some pretty heavy speculation that like people are kind of knocking down their doors trying to get this dude. Cause there's a lot of teams that are right there. Like there are some teams out there that are one AJ green away from kind of changing the rest of their season and making a playoff push. And obviously the Bengals are in full we're hot garbage mode. Now, A.J. Green's the kind of dude you can kind of build a team around, assuming he stays healthy. And I don't know if Cincinnati's another one of those places like you were talking about with Washington, where it's like, man, their staff just cannot seem to keep this dude healthy. Or maybe he's just brittle or maybe he's just unlucky. There's there's it's hard to say, but um, there's some very heavy speculation that he is either on the block or teams are suggesting to Cincinnati there would be a very good price if he were to be on the block. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah. like, it's yeah. like, I mean, it, if they get rid, I mean, it, it, it just makes all the sense in the world for them to get rid of AJ Green. I mean, he's been hurt. They have two younger receivers in John Ross and uh, Tyler Boyd who have been pretty decent. And all this dude Auden Tate seems like he's all oh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I totally forgot about him. Tate, Tate's, Tate's been decent. I mean, it, at this at this rate, you're, you're rebuilding. You know, Dalton is not going to be your guy for much longer. Trade, trade and see what you can get. You know, you have, you have, you have, you have decent receivers. You know, uh, you're getting okay tight end production with uh, CJ, I uh, can't remember his name, Uzoma, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, just stockpile some stuff and, and, and you know, work on work on uh, making your team good for next season. See what you can get for Green. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't been played – much the last couple of years anyway. So like it doesn't really make a ton of sense to keep holding on to them. Unless they are in the same Bruce Allen mode. We're close, you know, <laughs> we're the closest Owen seven team out there. <laughs> yeah. We're so close. Yeah, right, right. I mean, we're just a few bad breaks away from, 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 uh, from making a six. run here. <laughs> a couple bad breaks I mean, has away any, from one it, and six. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals have been on, been in purgatory as bad as any team. <laughs> yeah. We could do a whole third podcast. And I'm not suggesting that we do. We could do a whole third podcast right now. Who actually is the worst team right now? Is it Washington? Is it Cincinnati? Is it Miami? Is um, it Cleveland? Because that's the thing. Is Cleveland supposed to be good? And they're not. I, I was talking with my boss because I was just in, in Ohio, like in the Cleveland area for a, for a work thing last week. And I was talking with my boss and I was like, you know, as a Cleveland fan, it's kind of interesting because they're always finding new and exciting ways to disappoint you guys. And this is one I never thought that they would drop on you. But starting with hope and excitement (laughs) about how good this team could be and then not living up to that. That's not like you guys are usually like, 
hey, maybe this year we'll go 0 and 16 instead of 1 and 15. And then you did it. And it's a new way of being terrible. Um, but this way of saying, no, 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 we're good this time. And then being terrible, that's a new one. And that's that's got to be interesting for you guys. And, and he had a good laugh at that. And I didn't get fired. <laughs> so I was very happy about that. Congrats, Steve. Way to go. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, guys, this is going like like 49 minutes longer than it should have. <laughs> honestly, it's honestly, though, I, I don't. I mean, Sandy will be mad at me, but that's OK. I'll take I'll take the L on that one because I love I love talking sports with you guys. I love doing the podcasting with you. And after the crap week that I've had, because uh, it was it was stressful at work. And then the stress of the social media um, purgatory that I got put in. It's it's been like extra stressful. Plus, I had uh, things going on with family members that the only way that I connect with those family members was through Facebook. So I had to find alternative means to get in touch with them for my museum romp through DC today. So it was it was just like it was extra. It was as the kids like to say, it was very extra. And I'm glad that I had this nice little decompression here on Friday night with uh, with two of my favorite guys to talk to in the world. So I appreciate you guys, or as, as Squirrely Dan would say from uh, Letterkenny, uh, that's what I appreciate about you. So, oh yeah, weird side note. Um, they're actually doing a live Letterkenny show in DC in March. And my wife is just as big a Letterkenny fan as I am. So we scored tickets because it happens to be right around our anniversary. So it's gonna be our anniversary gift to each other. And we're gonna go see Letterkenny live in DC, so. Yeah, it should be it should be super exciting. I'm looking forward to it. But guys, all of you listeners out there, thank you so much for being part of our GGR Pirate Radio family, being part of the Great Geek Refuge. We appreciate everything that you do in sharing and liking and listening and reading all of those things that we do. So thank you so much for being part of our wonderful nerdy geeky family. Uh, keep going to the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Make sure you're checking those podcasts. There is a litany of them. There's a, a separate feed just for all of the geek sheets that we do. There is the Overflow with MC Brooks. There is Stop Me If You Heard This. There is Mike on the Mic. We're um, doing GGR Pirate Radio. We've also got our friends from Fantastic Forum run by Ulysses E. Campbell. They've got the Fantastic Forum podcast. You can check that out on uh, The Great Geek Refuge as well. Or you can go right to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. Subscribe it. Like it. Love it. Share it. We appreciate all that you guys do for us. But again, for everybody here at GGR Pirate Radio, my name is Mike Lunsford. You guys don't be juiced up. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!